So 253 for October 2013. And who knew Will Smith sampled the Spider-Man theme? Cool song. Tackling news now. Kevin's got this first one. Uh, it's a headline I wrote. Defoe, Pumpkin Bombs, Amazing Spider-Man Movie. Tell me what... Willem Dafoe was talking. First off, I just want to I just want to say that uh, in our personal little rundown Brad gave us of the show, uh, I was a- incredibly entertained by Brad's title for this, which was Defoe, not Defan of AMS. Correct me right Defoe, not Defan. Yeah, <laughs> I missed that. <laughs> Especially since it was for just something in private. He's just this is how Brad is, people. He's he's like this all the time. It's not just a podcast. <laughs> We're like uh, this all the time. <laughs> anyway, so uh, Willem Dafoe apparently uh, pretty much gave an interview, which if you read the full text of the interview, Willem Dafoe doesn't like any Spider-Man movie except the one that he was in. Right. Um, he he starts out by saying that uh, well, he's only seen a trailer for the Amazing Spider-Man, but man. Uh, what a cynical approach to making money is is what he said. Um, said well, the, the exact quote is: I saw a trailer for the first Spider-Man reboot and I thought this is crazy. It's not shot for shot, but it's the same story. I thought this is sort of a cynical approach to making money. Um, which you know you gotta love somebody criticizing a whole film based on a trailer. That's always well informed commentary. Um, and then, you know, he goes on to uh, say how pure the first movie was. Uh, even one of the things that he uh, he praises about the first movie is uh, with Sam Ra- Sam Raimi approached it, I'm quoting here, uh, it was pure in its intentions, and I think he captured particularly Toby at that particular moment. Now, I ask you, <laughs> when you're grading a Spider-Man movie, at what point do you give a rat's ass about capturing Tobey Maguire at a specific moment? <laughs> what does that even have to do with Spider-Man? Well, this anytime is, you're filming someone, aren't you capturing them at a particular moment? This is the most 26-year-old Tobey Maguire will ever be again. I mean, it just sounds, it sounds like, like he, was, he was looking at who Tobey Maguire is right now in his life, and I need to inject that into this character and, uh, and, and really capture that on screen. Who gives a shit? That's actually a really bad way to approach a Spider-Man movie. Um, that's insane. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, the fact is, I really don't think that's the way a Spider-Man movie was approached. It's just a really weird thing Willem Dafoe said. Um, and then, you know, he said it's, uh, it, it had this innocence, and it's hard for that to be achieved again once it's gotten a certain level of success, which is his way of insulting Spider-Man 2 and 3, um, probably 3 more than 2, because he was in 2 a bit, so I'm sure in his mind that elevated its purity slightly. Um, Wasn't he in 3? I thought he was in 3. Was he in 3? I, I, feel, like, I feel like he was. Dude, I haven't seen 3 for so long, I don't remember. <laughs> Uh, I, I remember getting really excited when he popped up at the end of 2 when I first saw it, and then I don't remember much about 3. Um, anyway, this is a very... I don't know. This kind of makes Bad Will 
for me towards Spider-Man fans. Uh, it, it's just... He, he's, he's just kind of running off at the mouth here, saying that my Spider-Man movie is really good. Uh, the next two were not as pure. Uh, the one after that I haven't seen, and Alan Moore style, I'm still willing to call it crap. So, yeah, I, I don't know why he would even give this interview, honestly. Some, I know why people would ask him about the reboot, but it's like, you know, just say no comment. And honestly, um, he some they ask him a little bit later uh, about Chris Cooper playing Norman Osborn, and his answer is, and I quote, you know, in the theater, people play the same role all the time. I don't know anything about it, really. So what he just said was jack shit. He said nothing. <laughs> 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 I love Kevin so much. <laughs> so yeah, this is, this is a weird little interview that I feel like he really just shouldn't have given. <laughs> and in the end, it's... It comes off as kind of, and, I like my stuff and not yours. And, and Kevin, as an actor, I, I, I don't know if this... I mean, isn't it disrespectful to critique another actor or another film project like that? Like, uh, I mean, is that just bad form to do that? I, you know, I, one I actor so. to another? I mean, unless, you know, something's just abominably ripping you off and stomping all over something you did, which is not the case here, um, then I... He, as, as I said to begin with, he really should have just kept his mouth shut. Um, if he doesn't like it, he has no reason to call that out in the press unless it, for some reason, personally offended him. Uh, like the only the only uh, time I can think of that somebody might want to say something about a remake is like uh, the Crow is being remade right now. And if I was somebody that was in the first Crow movie and knew Brandon Lee, who died making that movie, I might say something in the press about how I don't think this should be getting remade. Um, yeah. And that's because there's a personal connection that you actually feel sort of degraded by it. But for something like this, there is no reason to comment. It's just uh, reporters wanting their sensational story, which, you know, clearly they got. It ended up on our front page in our podcast, even though he didn't say a thing. The uh, Generally, the people that were in the originals don't like remakes. I can't remember an actor or anybody that's ever been in the original that likes, you know what, they did it better. Who's going to say that? I think, um, <laughs> I, think I, saw an, I saw an interview with Gene Wilder recently where they, they were, he was asked about the Johnny Depp performance. He didn't like it. Duh. <laughs> I mean... Yeah. I Michael Keaton liked, uh, Willy Wonka, liked the yeah. Nolan Batman movies. He said he liked those. You know what, Michael Keaton, they, he's a class act. He... he said the Nolan Batman movies were good. He liked them. Um, They're a cynical way to make money. <laughs> Michael Keaton is the exception, though. I, I think Wes was, like, mad that they didn't make him Batman <laughs> during, during the Michael Keaton cast. They're like, I'm, I'm serious. Yeah, yeah well, I, I remember that. The 1989 movie, both Adam West and Prince expected to be made Batman, and they were both pissed. <laughs> oh, I remember that story. Prince wanted to be Batman. Yeah, Bill Murray wanted when he to be had songs in the 1989 movie and everything. He he thought they should make him Batman, which is oh you know gosh. hysterical to anybody. That's not Can Prince. you imagine? Hubba hubba hubba. Who do you trust? <laughs> <laughs> Let's open it up to the panel. What do you think of uh, Defoe the bomb? What, what was what was the thing I was witty with? Defoe, not the fan. <laughs> Well, I, Defoe, not Defoe. I started reading this, and when he says, "Well, I haven't seen the movie," I was thinking, "Okay, uh, I'm next." He's like, "They copied our movie, you know, not shot for shot, but they copied it." And it's like, you didn't see it. How do you? And like, one of my criticisms was, I thought that they were trying to dance around too much of the stuff that was in the Raimi films, where like it felt awkward, 
you know, like, making some of the stuff different. And then, um, this whole, like, thing, like, oh, you know, like, this is just Hollywood trying to make money. Yeah, so is every superhero movie. Like, the Raimi films, it wasn't some art film that, like, Raimi, you know, shot in his college dorm room, you know, like, you know, with a red balloon, you know, floating up into the French sky. Like, it wasn't, it wasn't, it was pure of heart. It was a Hollywood, and I don't hate the Raimi films. I actually liked, you know, the, the first Spider-Man movie better than Amazing. Um, I, I don't hate Amazing either, but anyway, like, people try and make this the whole, like, I, I hate this whole, like, rivalry, you know, among the fans, like, the I new know, movies yeah. versus the old. You can like them both, but anyway, like, let's not kid ourselves about the Raimi films. It wasn't an art film that was pure of heart. Captured Toby at that moment in time. I could take a, <laughs> I could take a picture of Toby and i capture him in that moment in time. That's, that, that, that's the very nature of cameras. Uh, the best time Toby was, was captured at that moment in time was when Brad put up that story of him cussing out the guy in front of his car. Oh, that was funny. Where he was chewing out a photog. Oh, my God. That was awesome. Uh, all right. Uh, Chris or Don, any other thoughts on this one before we move on? Dick move. Um, <laughs> what you call me? No. Personally, I mean, I mean I've, heard a lot of, I've heard a lot of naysayers for the ASM. Because people – I think people are split on, on Made Spider-Man. I think the people who are naysayers said, have said similar things. Oh, it's clearly a Sony cash-in. And, yeah, sure, why not? They're right. But that doesn't mean it's not entertaining or it's not, it's not done well. I mean, I think if nothing else, Andrew Garfield gave us a, a, a seriously awesome Peter Parker for the screen. And I think that, like, it doesn't really matter what um, Defoe says because – he was he was good in his role. He did fine, but like if he doesn't like something that I personally like, I don't I don't let that get get down get down to me. Plus, a guy who says it's a cynical way to make money. This is the same guy who's posing as Satan to sell a car. So yeah. I, I'm not sure how how legitimate that statement he's, might be. He's a Mephisto now. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. And then Chris, have... any thoughts? Oh, go ahead. I was going to say. Okay. No, go ahead, Chris. Go ahead. Now you go. Uh, I, I was just going to interject with uh, the also James Franco's. Uh, statement that was referenced in a couple of these articles as well that um, you know he do, he doesn't mind it being remade but what is interesting to me is that his it has been remade so quickly that's not interesting that's Sony wanting to hold on to a multi billion dollar franchise so they had to rush it into production it's it's yeah. not that interesting if you've ever read a news article about it <laughs> true Chris final thoughts before we move on on this one oh yeah I don't really have that much to add I just thought it was a pretty funny story because you don't yeah. really I don't think I've ever um, seen an actor criticize like a. I guess that's not true. I may have seen it before, but it in Spider Man at least it was it was an interesting thing. I'm right. I'm jumbling my words here, but I, I think uh, you know I, I I don't have much to add to what um, Bertone said imagine, and, uh, and Kevin. Can you imagine if uh, uh, Tobey Maguire said this about Andrew Garfield? <laughs> that would be prickish, I think. Because I, I thought, I thought that like he gave his blessing for Garfield to be Spider Man. He, he kind of did. He did an interview. Uh, I forget what magazine, but uh, McGuire interviewed Andrew Garfield. Uh, it was uh, so he essentially gave his blessing. But can you imagine if the counterparts from the Raimi films dissed their current people? Like, can you imagine Aunt May saying that Sally Field's a bitch? <laughs> <laughs> But the first oh, few years. her name Rosemary Harris was uh, yeah Rose yeah. I couldn't I couldn't think of it Rosemary <laughs> Sally Field was a bitch. <laughs> it's so unexpected for the, for the, for some of these actors to think that like a character like Spider Man would not have any more movies ever again. Is that I do agree that it's like really really soon. Um, you know that doesn't mean that it sucks, but I I, I thought it was too soon. 
Well, like Kevin said, we it's maybe too soon, but we understand. Yeah. You know, I, I, we understand why they're doing it. Yeah, it, it makes was going money. to happen, and I think if exactly. it was going to happen, they made a pretty damn good movie out of it. And the reason why it did it, it, it happened this way is because Raimi couldn't get the script out in time because they were going to make the fourth one, but like he couldn't get the script out in the time lot that that they wanted. And so from all reports, yeah. that fourth one was going to suck. Yeah, yeah, the Vulture Rats, as played by Anne Hathaway. I mean, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> Playing the character Felicia Hardy as a vulturette. I will never play a cat burglar in a superhero movie ever, says Anne Hathaway. (laughs) (laughs) All right, uh, another news item. Um, Bertone, you've got this one. A famous 70s rocker is going to be taking on a goblin. Since you love 70s musicians, I I thought you'd get this one. (laughs) He's an unknown rocker who no one knows. Everybody knows Alice Cooper. Spoilers. (laughs) <laughs> hey, my, my my audio just went quiet for about for about like thirty seconds. Oh, I, I I said we're hitting your topic up about Alice Cooper as Norman Osborn. Oh, so that'll be the perfect time for my audio to cut out. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> I said you you know a few things about seventies rockers. Oh yes yes. Uh, this guy was in um well, <laughs> I mean this isn't what he's famous for, but yeah, Don, you remember Alice Cooper from that Sgt. Pepper movie that I made you and Stella watch? Oh. He was like the demented bus driver or something. I forgot he was in that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This is mostly about Alice Cooper, but this this is also very revealing um, about a reporter named Michael Rydell. Rydell. I, I don't know how you pronounce his name, uh, but I guess he's a Broadway journalist, and he he did an article for the New York Post. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah. No, I was checking to make sure that um. My audio. Jesus Christ, Josh! Don't read the text window on air. <laughs> I, I wasn't. I wasn't going to read it, but I stopped to make sure that you didn't type in, Josh. We can't hear you because my audio has been cutting out all night. <laughs> but I started talking to him. Okay. Anyway, it's hilarious. Anyway, meanwhile, back at the ranch. Yeah. Dude. Anyway. Yeah. So, according to this article in the New York Post. They might be adding Alice Cooper to play Norman Osborn, you know, so that way um, that William Defoe, William Defoe can say that uh, he's he's doing a heartless portrayal, you know, unlike the <laughs> art school, you know, portrayal that he did, and and, and, and the Hollywood cash in portrayal that Chris Cooper is going to do too. Um, in in Turn Off the Dark, um, which uh, Jr. saw it, Stella saw it, isn't like this. This is the Norman that's like a Southern gentleman, right? Or, or is he not a right. Southern gentleman anymore? Oh my God. Who knows? Yes, Alice Cooper, you know, will you know, schools out for the summer. He'll be playing a southern gentleman, or maybe this isn't a done deal. But this um, reporter, Michael Wright, did, did anyone read this New York Post article? Uh, yeah, I did. This guy like editorializes throughout about how he's like, I've been vowing to get this show shut down, and I'm going to keep on writing bad stuff about it till it gets shut down. Hey, Alice Cooper, if you do this show, you're probably going to die, so get life insurance and. Like, Damn. He's like, he, he's really snippy throughout this article. I'm looking at it yeah. now, you're right. He, oh, yeah, he keeps on, like, saying, oh, my scheme to get this show shut down, I said something. Michael Rydell, what did this show ever do to you? It was like, was like, I know, was, yeah. was your sister one of the dancers that, like, got killed or something? <laughs> like, my heavens. Like, geez, it's be- like... I mean, you know, we don't like, you know, like issues of superior Spider-Man, but we don't say our plot to get slot fired from Marvel is almost complete. <laughs> I, I wasn't going for an Emperor Palpatine there, but like doing the dialogue, <laughs> it just like became that. The best part of it, uh, Cooper could make $150,000 a week for the gig. 
Oh, Alice Cooper and Chris Cooper. We'll have two Cooper Osborns. Ah, Cooper. Oh, no. <laughs> Carly Cooper. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they'll share an apartment with Carly Cooper. It'll be a sitcom. I, I think everybody on this panel for 150 k a week would put on a green suit and sing. I don't know. In Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark, <laughs> where I could die, it's like... <laughs> I'd do it for 150 k a year. Yeah, I would, too. <laughs> Freaks like me, or whatever well, that song is. Uh, well, how is Alice Cooper doing badly? Where like, first of all, does this show even pull in that much money? Is it wouldn't this like bankrupt the show? And second of all, Alice Cooper. No, this is like I, I could see David Cassidy, or um, you know, like, <laughs> David Cassidy. David Cassidy. Well, no, no, I don't mean David as Norman, but I mean like. Another washed-up '70s star doing this. Like you're Alice Cooper. You, you're better than this. You don't need to make money by doing a Broadway play. That's like that, that, that's something for a one-hit wonder. Like you know, maybe Hall and Oates or someone. Hall and Oates. What's another '70s or musician that could play this part besides Alice Cooper? Uh, <laughs> the Southern gentleman. Well, let, let, let me think. If, if John Denver wasn't dead, he'd do it. <laughs> John Denver. <laughs> Norman Osborn. Yeah. Oh, my God. Throwing oh. you off the bridge. Your neck pop? is gonna snap and bend. Oh, Glenn. I'll throw you. Oh. Hey, how about Neil Diamond as Norman Osborn? This Even Neil Diamond could do better than maybe Barry Manilow. <laughs> Barry Manilow as Norman Osborn. How about Ted Nugent? Ted Nugent, oh. yeah. That'd be awesome, dude. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll disagree quickly. Hey, how about Meatloaf? This is oh, heck, yeah. Meatloaf, yeah, Meatloaf on Broadway, and he, oh, heck, yeah. Meatloaf would be great as well. Oh, on, yeah. I'd yeah. buy tickets. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gay. Okay. Meatloaf is Peter Parker. I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you'll have five something going up there. Hey, puny Parker. <laughs> I'm twice your size, you fool. <laughs> Let me sleep on it. it. <laughs> Peter, Peter Parker. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, wow, that was an interesting topic. Uh, open, let's open up. Anybody else have any thoughts? I Alice would, Cooper is Osborn. I would just say that I, it actually intrigues me because I think um, obviously Alice Cooper would not be the choice I'd want to see play Norman Osborn in a movie. Um, I think we got the right Cooper for the movie, but the um, rules are different on stage and I think as a performer who is known for his um, being theatrical with a little bit of a, a creepy edge um, he, he, I think he could be a fun Green Goblin to be honest yeah. I don't know what the Green Goblin is like in Turn Off the Dark I've heard weird things but um, you know, even if it was just something completely different from what they had done before with it it could be interesting with the exception of Phantom of the Opera, do they release DVDs of performances? I hope yeah. they specifically won't because of all, uh, all the embarrassment or something. Well, I mean, they could record a good night and put it on a DVD so the rest of us could see it. I want to see it. I think it's, uh, it's, it's a rule in the theater that whatever night is recorded is not a good night. Oh. If there are cameras there, it's going to suck. It's just the way it is. <laughs> I mean, Phantom of the Opera, I think, has been released on DVD. Yeah, hasn't so it? there's been like Les Mis, I think, has done that too. Right. A couple of the big older ones. But Oklahoma. Cats. Cats, there you go. Yeah, I mean, why don't they release a Spider Man on Mutant? Tyler Perry's various plays. You also have Tyler to. Tyler Perry has that plays? That yeah, we Tyler have. Perry started as a playwright, actually. Most of his movies are based on his plays. 
I didn't know that. Um, but yeah, a, a lot of those that you're talking about that have been released on DVD have been around for a long, long time. So, um, you know, Spider-Man might yet get released in 10, 20 years. Who knows? Uh, we're going to hit Chris up for this one. We're going down to Venezuela, of all places, for a Spider-Man. I smell a law topic. <laughs> this is <laughs> hit me up with this one, Chris. What are we talking about? Well, Venezuela is one of the most dangerous countries in Latin America. Uh, one recent, I, I actually did some research, and a recent New York Times article that I read in preparation for this topic stated that the civilian death rate from violence in Venezuela is higher than that of Iraq. And uh, the president of Venezuela, Mr. Nicolas Maduro, explained his view of one factor contributing to the problem in an interview he did with the Bolivian publication La Opinión. He stated, um, <laughs> he stated that there is a correlation between superhero films and the youth violence in his country, and uh, he called such films a... Fabrica de Antivalores, which translates to a factory of anti-values. Um, <laughs> and, and he came to this realization watching Spider-Man 3. And I'll, I'll tell you uh, the exact quote, which um, the Huffington Post translated into English. Uh, he said, that's the trouble. From the beginning until the end, there are more and more dead. And that's one of the series small children love most because it's attractive. It's from comics that are attractive. The figure, the colors, the movements, so much that we finished watching it at four in the morning. <laughs> that's going to be a bad translation. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my heavens! <laughs> yeah. Um, so. Spider-Man's to blame for the violence in this country. Well, huh? you know, and there are conflicting views about... Uh, and yeah. insomnia. <laughs> there, are, there are conflicting views about why Venezuela has such a, a high violence problem. Some people say that it's the rampant poverty, and some people think that it like the people are just too confused about why the butler didn't tell Harry sooner. Um, <laughs> you know, some people say it's political corruption, some people say it's Kirsten Dunst's singing, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> in all seriousness though um you know obviously if i thought spider-man made people violent i wouldn't be here right now <laughs> so it goes without saying that i disagree with president maduro um <laughs> you know uh it's, it seems like pointing his finger at a uh easy scapegoat when there are you know some problems some serious uh roots to the problem that should probably be addressed and uh, instead of looking at a movie that is uh, so popular that I'm sure it's run in every country, the most to the most peaceful, to the most violent. Uh, so it's just, I think, a, a bad argument. But before I yield to the panel on this topic, I, I want to point out the part of the Huffington Post article that Brad linked to on the website. It's, uh, funniest part, in my opinion. Because uh, apparently President Maduro has used popular culture to make a point to the public in the I past. I know where this is going. Yeah. In, in May, he ordered the state TV network to broadcast the movie Malcolm X. After, <laughs> after he met a person he thought physically resembled Malcolm X. <laughs> <laughs> like the 
the Michael Scott of, of black presidents. <laughs> and, he, and he ordered. Oh my uh, gosh! And he ordered. <laughs> He, he ordered the TV network to air The Terminal with uh, Tom Hanks, and uh, Edward Snowden got stuck in the airport in Moscow. So he's uh, he, he uh, the, the power of uh, of film is not lost on this man. Oh. Can can you imagine the equivalent in the United States if President Obama said, "Let's run um, It's a Wonderful Life"? Because I don't know. <laughs> I mean, can you just imagine the president telling the networks, "This is what you got to air," because I ran into a dude that looked. The like government wouldn't this. be shut down because of it. <laughs> I just can't imagine living in a society like that. I I'd get violent. I don't want to watch this show. So basically, he, he he's like the colors, you know, the brightness, the noises, dude. You just described Teletubbies. <laughs> I'm trying to think what 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 in Spider-Man Three is actually violent besides like you know Venom braining Spider-Man with like a pole or something. Harry Harry uh, gets like bombed in the face. Yeah, oh, yeah. In the first one, like like Willem Dafoe took a, took a took a glider to the crotch and died slowly. All in the name of art. Yeah, yeah. And, and then and then you know the the second one, um, Alfred Molina pointlessly drowns. Like uh, it's not all that violent. Kevin, what's your thoughts on this insane, insane topic? I think if he wanted to um, pull a superhero movie with a body count, he went in the wrong direction. You went for Spider-Man when you could have had Iron Man, uh, who willfully just kills people. The Avengers, which, you know, killed a lot of aliens, but also destroyed a good bit of the city. Or Man of Freaking Steel, right. which had a higher body count than World War II. <laughs> <laughs> So I don't know why he decided to choose Spider-Man, the hero who doesn't kill. Besides maybe Batman, the, maybe the DVD just got to him. He hasn't gotten. Or the maybe he just DVD. saw someone who looks like Spider-Man, <laughs> and it was the only thing on his mind. He saw like a dead. Also, <laughs> I'd like to know if he's the one directing people what to play. Why is he letting them play Spider-Man? Yeah, is this, what's the cut of the Spider-Man towels to save the economy? That was down in Mexico, I think. That was, that was Spain. Okay. Spain. Oh, well, Spain it's, screwed up. <laughs> <laughs> this topic reminds me of that one also, Josh. It's just so off the wall. Just crazy. Well, when you first linked it saying, like, you know, the, the president blamed Spider-Man for their country's problems, I thought that this was a follow-up to that bank story. And, like, it was basically like, well, we tried the Spider-Man towels, but it didn't work. Thanks a lot, Spider-Man. Where were you <laughs> Yeah, this uh, when I saw the headline, I'm like, we have to talk about this. It's, I can't make this up. I was really hoping that like President Maduro would like physically resemble like uh, a, a Hispanic or uh, or Venezuelan J. Jonah Jameson. That would have been so perfect. If he had like a mustache, like Jonah, <laughs> that would have been awesome. Used the word menace just once. You menace, yeah. Uh, Don's got this next one. We're calling it the end of Dan Slot question mark. Okay. Uh, we have these teasers that come out every day, it seems like, from Marvel with just words on them, just one or two words. Tell me about this. I'm going to tell you um, as much as I possibly can. Um, right. this, this not much to it. For those who don't, <laughs> who don't visit the site and only download on iTunes, this, this teaser has the number one in the background. For reasons. All of them do, for the record. Yeah. Okay, for reasons. Um, with like a Chrome The End in there, uh, with Dan Slott and Giuseppe Kevin Coley for this particular one. And all will be revealed in three days of this recording at the New York Comic Con. Um, 
and that's all the information we have. Uh, as, as, as far as I'm aware, right? I know, I know there's a later one that Kevin will talk about, but like, I don't believe there's been any of else any other information. And, the the font is purple. The, yeah, the font is like like uh, mauve, <laughs> and, and um, <laughs> or purple. <laughs> or, or, I don't speak mauve, man. <laughs> or, or, or purple. Yeah, yeah. Like like, like all of all. Hey, let's just like, you know go through like the you know the data banks. It's like okay, purple Galactus. Um, wasn't that yeah. character that I don't know of Paladin purple? Uh, most of the Fantastic Four villains are purple. Uh, the thing is, it says it's going to be revealed to the Spider-Man panel, so that's why we're thinking it's Spider-Man related. So what you know what? Well, because end? of the artist, Magneto. I I didn't realize until uh, Don just said it. All of these things say all is going to be revealed on October 12th. We're recording on October 10th, so by the time people listen to this, they're going to know exactly what happened. And we're sitting here debating fonts. Go. <laughs> what if I release this tomorrow? Hmm? I will no, be impressed. <laughs> that will be impressive. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I do remember That's when true. I when I when I uh, uh, showed this like you know in our secret meetings which we have it's like hey what is what could this be and Brad came up with the idea could it be the end of slot once and for all more ha ha I'm like Brad why are you laughing but like I mean I guess it, it, this we're, we're wondering whether this could be possibly the end of. Uh, uh, to Superior Spider-Man, and probably not. No, it's not. <laughs> or the end of slot on the title. No, which it's is... not. <laughs> Bertoni and his magic future bulb. Not magic future uh, bulb. Everything that Marvel and Slot have been saying. <laughs> well, Slot, yeah, Slot has said like, you know, he's written up to like issue forty or something, maybe. Okay. Which I mean, he he, he lies so every, much on Twitter. I can't keep up. He, I can't either. He lies every day, so like, he's like you know. You kiss your mom. No, no, be careful saying that, because that's going to be like, Crawl Space said I lie every day. That is an exaggeration, Donovan Morgan Grant. You lie every day. <laughs> you had to say my full name. He's talking about lying, like lying on the ground. Anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not even the lawyer. <laughs> anyway, so... Basically, Don, this is not the end of slot. It's not the I, end. I don't of, know. I mean, like, it, what is? What, what's your thoughts on what the end is? Well, you said that. I mean, uh, yeah, you say because you, you, it's there. Like, it's going to be revealed in the Spider-Man. Well, I mean, if it's going to be revealed in the Spider-Man thing, that means it won't be about Spider-Man if past conventions have taught us anything. So, like, <laughs> it could be like I, I know the speculation that he's going to be working on uh, a Silver Surfer book. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I have no clue if it has anything to do with Spider-Man. Like. I don't know. I mean, I remember when they ran that promo that says, you know, fired, you know, Spider-Man and the Avengers, and all they did was basically act like idiots while, while he did what he wanted, what he wanted. So like, and the, the dumb Avengers tested him, like Chris said. I, or I love that. Yeah, this, this, I mean, I, I, obviously, I mean, the last time they did something like this, we got Superior Spider-Man. So like, obviously, it's probably something. But in terms of Spider-Man relation, I, I, I honestly. I really, really don't know. Cause I, I don't think, as much as I would, you know, be down for it. I don't think it's, it's going to be the end of Doctor Octopus's reign in Peter Parker's costume. But I'm not sure what it could be. Cause I'm, I'm very uncreative late at night. Guesstimate from the panel. What are we ending? Stuff. <laughs> It'll be the biggest for- event ever. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I, I, now that I've realized this whole they're going to know by now thing, I feel like all I'm doing is going to be putting out bad predictions that people will immediately know are wrong. Well, let's just let's just uh, guess what's going to be because he always gets it right. Chris, what are we ending? He knows. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, I'm right again because I don't know is a true statement. 
All right, all right. We don't know. Timing. There you Wait, go. Okay, okay. Maybe, maybe purple means the gloves of the Green Goblin. Ooh. This could be the end of not knowing who the Green Goblin is. <laughs> It'll be the end of the goblins doing nothing. Now they'll do a little bit of things, possibly. Yeah, that's probably the best answer we've heard. The end of the do-nothing goblins. The end of nothing. <laughs> <laughs> the end. You will have at the very end of the last page the end. That's what we're predicting. This is the end of recent. <laughs> Kev- Kevin's got this next one. Dan Slot's writing a new book, possibly. Yeah, um, the next teaser is, you know, it's similar. It's got the number one in the background. It's one word. It's the creative team. This word is rad. Yes, R-A-D, and it's got an exclamation point after it because it's very much rad. Um, this one's by Dan Slott and artist Mike Allred. Um, Allred's, of course, a great artist, and I would pretty much like to see anything he draws, except I'm probably not going to buy any Dan Slott book that I don't have to. Um <laughs> <laughs> this one all will be revealed at the Inhumanity and All New Marvel Now panel, which means it could refer to absolutely anything. Um, best prediction on this one, of course, the word red is silver with purple outlines. Uh, best prediction is that Chris was right last month and Dan Slott is going to be writing a Silver Surfer book. Um, obviously, Silver Surfer's real name is Norrin Rad. Uh, the word is silver, and it's outlined in purple, which is Galactus's colors. Strong ties between Galactus and Silver Surfer. Um, and it's not, you know, the other one is supposed to be at the Spider-Man panel. This one is not. This one is Marvel Universe. So all signs are pointing to Silver Surfer, and even though, you know, I was telling Chris last month, no, man, that was a diversion. There's no Silver Surfer book. I'm now saying he was probably right. <laughs> Again. Okay. Rent the T-shirt. <laughs> Anybody picking up a Dan Slot Silver Surfer book? Kevin, uh, not a chance. Josh, you know what? Um, I'm not really that interested in Silver Surfer, but I've liked Dan Slot when he's done other superhero books. Um, I loved his She-Hulk, and I did not care about She-Hulk one bit. I read it because of the um, I heard that she married John Jameson, so like I wanted to see you know how that turned out. And I, I really, it was one of my favorite titles consistently each month. So if he can make Silver Surfer, a character who I don't care about, fun, I'll give it a shot. Chris, going to pick up a Dan Slot Silver Surfer book? Um, yes, if it if it is Silver Surfer, and, and I'm not going to rub, I'm not going to rub it in until like we know I was right. But but. I think um, it would be an if it was Silver Surfer. I think it would be an interesting take on Silver Surfer because most of the Silver Surfer that I've read has been very gloomy and self-important and somber. And I think with this creative team, it would be quirky adventures in space. And I think that would be something, um, an interesting uh, direction for that character. You know, you think that, but Dan Slott and Humberto Ramos, it turns out, are the ones that turned Spider-Man into a mass murderer. <laughs> Touche. Not a mass murderer, just... Oh, yeah, okay. Murderer. Uh, Don, Don's picking this book up. Ends of the earth, he's a mass murderer. If, if, I'm, if, I'm, if I'm speaking realistically, then I won't, but that's not going to say it's good because I hate Dan It's because mainly because I'm... I like the idea of the Silver Surfer, but like Chris said, every time... There's a story about him. Like his own animated series ended with like the universe being destroyed. So like I'm not, I don't know. But at the same time, I, I don't hate Dan Slott, so I, I might be interested to check it out. And mm-hmm. if I, because I like the idea of the surfer, and like Slot can be good, you know, half the time. 
then I'll, I'll, I might I might see how the first issue is. Yeah, I like Dan Slott's uh, She-Hulk. I also liked his eight-issue Things uh, solo series. Uh, I have a 147-issue complete run of the late 80s, early 90s Silver Surfer book. There was 187 issues of a Silver Surfer book? No, 147 issues. Oh. I, they got canceled right in the mid-90s. Uh, the best r- part of that run was Jim Starlin when he had Thanos in it. Uh, so I, I like Silver Surfer a lot, uh, and I'll give this book a shot. I like the idea that he had that long. I, I, I like the character a lot, but like I mean, it's, it's, uh, from what I've seen, like when you when you kind of like zero in on his, his solo adventures, they're not as interesting. In my personal you know, opinion, you know who shut down the book in the late nineties or mid nineties? Shooter, J. M. D. Mateus. He was the last art writer to take on the Silver Surfer well, between, with Ron Garney. Between, with Ron Garney on pencils. Uh, between Sterling and Demathis, there was a long run on there by Ron Mars. Uh, which yeah. is what he credits with getting him the job doing Green Lantern. Oh, because I know that Mars did that like Silver Surfer Green Lantern crossover yep. in, in um, yep. DC versus Marvel. Awesome, that's awesome. Mars, Mars was very good. I, I agree. That was my only exposure to him, Kevin, and I liked his stuff a lot. He followed up Starlin quite well. You know, to, to clarify with my whole not a chance, um, I, I don't want to just sound mean. When I go for a, a book, it's generally for me it's based on a character writer combination. Um, I have not enjoyed Dan Slott's work enough. It's ticked me off more than it has made happy on Spider-Man to really want to follow him to another book just because of the writer, and I have no connection to Silver Surfer. So I just, if it was um, a different character that I was already interested in, maybe, but I'm just not into it. Okay, tackling uh, one issue review this month. Not many. That's a change. This is like the JMF Uh, days all over again. I know. Uh, Superior Spider-Man number 18 came out, written by Mr. Slot Stegman and Livesay. Livesay? 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 What, what it, it, that's a word, not a name. It's kind of like she doesn't have a first, or she or, uh, I don't know if it's a man or a woman, Livesay. Like an inking company, I imagine? Wasn't that a Die Hard movie, Livesay or Die Hard? Okay. <laughs> wow, it's not even as late for you as this for me. Good job, Brett. <laughs> Chris, give me a recap on this one, man. All right, so we begin this issue with the superior Spider-Man trying to beat up and or k- kill Tiberius Stone on the street, and Spider-Man 2099 is trying to protect Tiberius because Tiberius is his future grandfather, and the two Spider-Men fight for a while, but then Tiberius uses his Spider-Sense jamming device to throw Superior Spider-Man off balance, and this um, almost injures Normie, who is standing nearby, and uh, it upsets Liz, who's also standing nearby. Um, oh, this is going great already. Uh, Sp- <laughs> Spider-Man right. uh, 29.9 grabs Tiberius and swings away. And uh, a little later, Otto gets a call from Anna Maria, and she it reminds Otto about his doctoral thesis, and Otto realizes that all his thesis work is at Horizon Labs, and he uh, stands to lose it all if Liz Allen's company uh, takes it during the acquisition of Horizon Labs. So Otto makes recovering his stuff from Horizon a priority. Meanwhile, Spidey2099 is uh, wondering if maybe the future would be better if Tiberius died and Alchemax never came into being. Then he calls his uh, he calls his hologram woman from the future, and yeah. <laughs> she tells she tells him that Tiberius's uh, 
Fox of Savage are going to destroy Horizon Labs on that day. Then over at Horizon Labs, Grady Scraps is using time travel to take pictures of Tiberius's past acts of sabotage, and Peter Puss is leaving with all of his equipment, and Max Modell tells Peter that if he removes anything from the premises, he's basically fired, and uh, Peter Puss leaves anyway. So uh, Otto's minions call him to update him on the Goblin subplot, and the, the, <laughs> minions, think, the, the minions think they found the original Hob, actually the Green Goblin, dressed as the Hobgoblin. And, um... <laughs> no, no, yeah, um... Goblins dressing up as other goblins doesn't count as doing something. <laughs> uh, and then, uh... Mary Jane calls in and Peter Puss gives her the old not-now woman. Shuts her, shuts her out. Spider-Man 2099 goes to Horizon and just as everything's starting to go haywire and glowing balls of energy are flying through the air but Spidey 2099 says he knows how to fix it but then Superior Spider-Man swoops in and punches uh, Spidey 2099 in the face and then he like looks at everyone and he's like what? and that is the end of that issue you know I, I expected at, at the end of the issue another page I didn't. I do agree. I, I thought it was an abrupt ending. Yeah, I, I, I looked and I'm like, oh, letter pages. I don't know if he was looking at anybody. I thought, I thought he just said what towards the little balls of light, and then it ended. Uh, what? <laughs> no, Maybe uh, that's because the artwork was so poor we couldn't tell. I thought he was saying what because everyone was giving him like a dirty look. Yeah, yeah I think yeah. he just ran and punched the guy that was trying to help when the world was going to hell, and he's like. What? Uh, well, why would he care? Because he, like, he's he's the superior farmer. He can do anything he wants. He clearly does. I I wanted to turn the page and find out what he was wanting. What he was wanting? Yeah. There's a verb. <laughs> uh, hit me up with some pro cons and grades. Well, my my. Uh... My pro is that I think this is the first or at least one of the first Superior Spider-Man stories where it genuinely feels like Otto is not in total control of the situation. I think the issue really bombards you with everything in Otto's life that he has to juggle one thing after another, and he's being forced to prioritize, and he's, he's getting his priorities wrong. Um, and, uh, you know, all the while the Horizon Labs situation is deteriorating and it, it, towards the end it's about to blow up and there's no sign that Otto has any real plan to deal with it. So the, one of the more frequent criticisms of Superior Spider-Man is that Otto's victories are always coming too easily for him, but it seems thus far that this story is a break from that pattern. Um, my con is... Uh, I think my only real con is that Otto might be acting a little bit too uh, impulsively aggressive in this story. Like, he tr he tries to beat up Tiberius on the street, even though doing so wouldn't really win him anything because Liz Allen's the one taking over Horizon. At the end, he beats up Spider-Man 2099, even though there's like, this clearly visibly a disaster occurring at Horizon that you'd think a super scientist like mm -hmm. Otto would be perceptive of. But I, I can let some of that go, actually, on the idea that Otto is getting more unhinged now that Peter's life is starting to overwhelm him and uh, more of Peter's influence has been erased from his mind. So uh, I'd say that that's somewhat mitigated, but I'd say too much of the conflict in the story is driven by his irrational actions. 
And uh, that's all I have to say about it. All right, what's your grade, sir? Uh, B plus. Okay. Donovan, what's your grade? I am the opposite of Chris. He is the red oni, and I am the blue oni. He is the uh, yang, and I am the yin. He gives it a B plus. I will give it a B minus. Oh, I thought you were going to go lower than that. He's also white, and I'm black. <laughs> what was that? There's more, 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 more differences between us. That's hilarious. Uh, Kev, your grade? <clears throat> B plus, actually. Okay. Josh? I'll see Kevin's B plus and raise, and by raise I mean lower, to a C. Okay. I'll give it a D plus. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, Can you go first, Brad? I want to hear this. You want to yeah, hear my... Yeah. Uh, um, nothing happened in the book. Uh, I, I really, I really don't think anything happened in the book besides a long fight scene where nothing was advanced in the plot. Uh, Spider-Man or Spock punches Spider-Man twenty-nine-nine on page one. He ends punching him on the last page with the giant balls glowing, glowing around his head. Uh, I the the book ended with me wanting another page. I thought we were going to go to another page. Uh, what is he wanting? We don't know what he's wanting. Yeah, we're going to do very to you, like three of us. Pardon me? Like three of us. Just explain to you what he's wanting. <laughs> I don't know mystery. what the fuck. He's looking up um, at everybody who's looking at him because he... Everybody's looking at him because he just attacked the guy that was trying to help, and he looks up to them who are all standing around looking at him saying, What? I don't like it. Anyway, uh... <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> Mr. say draws one of the ugliest telephones... Uh, I've ever seen that Mary Jane is calling. It looks like mold is coming off of her phone. What is this green contraption that she's calling Spider-Man maybe, on? Maybe she, like, like, like the last time we saw her, for some reason, she was still in the middle of her burned-down clubs. So maybe she's using the burned-down clubs, burned-down phone. Oh, we should man. make a top ten list of our favorite telephones in Spider-Man. <laughs> Number ten. Uh, Lots said on Twitter that um that panel with Mary Jane is important because we don't hear the end of her sentence, and that like the revelation of what the end of her sentence is is going to be important. To her flipping her, her middle finger at the phone. Fine, here I'll read the quote. Peter, finally, I've been trying to reach you for ages. Do you have any idea, blank? Pitch, please. Not now. Woman. Do you have any idea how to unlock these chains? Because I'm hanging over a pot of boiling acid. You have any idea how I get the mold off my phone? It's turned green. That's what. Yeah, any idea how to get Ryan Simmons to draw me in a better plan, panel? <laughs> this is, is, is Livesay. No, it's Ryan Live stays an anchor. Look, look how many buttons are on this phone now that I'm looking at it. Look at the front. Look at the front. There is no anchor. That is the magical <laughs> We're talking about phones. Oh, I, I, I apologize. Kevin is Kevin is right. It, it does say Inker under Livesay. <laughs> I hate Livesay inks. I'm, I apologize, <laughs> Mr. Livesay. You you ruin Mr. Stegman's art. this telephone. Um, it has like one set of nine buttons, and then below that, a set of fifteen oh. buttons. I know. Wow, did I ever not notice the phone in this issue? <laughs> <laughs> and, like, the the color of the little twisty cord on the phone is green above Aunt Mary Jane's fingers, but it's the color of her skin below her fingers. And the Eisner goes, too. What are you trying yeah. to pull, slots? Maybe it's because Mary Jane, I love the character, and she's reduced to one panel with a moldy phone. Don't even get started. I hate that. I hate that. <laughs> Uh, Superior I, Spider-Man I, Phone Watch 2013. 
I, you should I, make the phone the um the episode art for this uh, episode. <laughs> I should. Uh, I got don't, it. Don't, don't, don't subject the the listeners to that horrible. Oh, by the way, Brad. Uh, I just looked yeah. it up and confirmed uh, the Stegman art from the last issue that we all praise so much, including you, also inked by Livesay, who, uh, according to this, his name is John Livesay. Well, Mr. Livesay killed, say, the art A in this book A. Uh, I, I also, the goblins haven't been doing crap, as Chris has alluded to, and now they're doing less crap by doing a wardrobe. Boy, it came from Spider-Man Unlimited. Why Why is the goblins, who we don't care after 20, or how many issues has that been? 18. We don't care that he's changing, having a wardrobe change. That just ticks me off, and I don't want to read that. Um, what else pisses me off on this? <laughs> make it rain. Uh, uh, make it rain. I... I, I just nothing happened. I didn't. I. I don't think the plot advanced. I don't think. Uh, I, I. You don't think uh, Peter Puss being fired from Horizons a uh, significant development? He'll get better. He's like he'll get better. Like, being fired Steve, is like a cold. Nightcrawler <laughs> <laughs> died. He got better. Uh, he'll he'll get another job. Uh, it, it's coming. Uh, that, that nothing happened in this book. It just pissed me off. Uh, anyway, <laughs> and I'm like the positive one, aren't I? Yeah, I know. Yeah, what, this, what the hell? This bizarro, Brad. I don't know what happened. <laughs> I think I got a little mold in my cheese when I called you, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> any, any other cons before, besides the ugly green phone? We're doing cons. <laughs> I say I haven't put in a pro or a con yet, bro. <laughs> well, yeah. there are pros. We're going cons now. Let me hear some cons. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to insert just basically whatever I want. Um, Never say insert and pause, okay? Just go ahead. <laughs> um, <laughs> my con is there's way too much use of the 2099 slang in this issue. Um, it kind of went Shut right the over shot, the line yeah, <laughs> into just showing off that he's read Spider 2099. Um, my pro, since I don't feel like you're going to ask for them, I'm just going to just going to give it to you. Um, I felt like this was a fast-paced plot. It had a lot of tension. The you know, keeps you wondering what's happening next, and I wasn't ready for it to end. I thought it was a good read overall. Okay. Did I just get dropped? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you just got fired. <laughs> Don't, did you, do you not, guys not agree that the art is dropped off from the previous issue? No, I, 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 think, I don't think, I don't think it's awesome. as strong, but yeah, the, the Miguel stuff is good. It's hmm. still better than most comic book art, even if it's a weekday for Stegman. Okay, well, I don't know about that, but... <laughs> Josh, any cons? Uh, yeah, okay. Um, Hit. So, brother Tiber- brother Tiberius Stone, with very little evidence in front of him, is able to piece together, aha, I'm part of something, you're a time travel, obvi- a tribal, obviously, and I have something to do with something going on in the future, so you can't let me die. First of all, if anyone was to realize this revelation about themselves... Wouldn't they be a little shocked? You know, wouldn't that t- take a little while to take in? Wouldn't he just takes this information and like he's so sure of it that he jumps off a building? Now he's correct; he's not wrong. But it's he comes to this exact, precise explanation with very little information in front of him. People don't just pull time traveler out of their butts. Unless, like, they see a lot of evidence. And even then, normal people would be shocked. And that's one problem that I have with a lot of slot stories, is that I don't feel like people react to situations the way that a person would actually react to a situation. Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, wow. Um, Another con. um, 
I, this isn't the superior Spider-Man. This is the reactive Spider-Man. Just like going around like nice. punching people nice. for no re- like, like Tiberius Stone. I'll I'll punch him until like you know Liz Allen gives back this company. Uh, it's like every character is Morbius. He just wants to hit him. Yeah, he, he's, it's like what is <laughs> Spider-Man in the twenty ninety nine like gonna solve? Like what is the end game in all of this? Agreed. Agreed. There's no logic. There's just fists. Um, and Liz Allen, what were you thinking? You could have snapped his neck. If she, if he hadn't almost snapped his neck, he would have been under a car. Um, just saying. She's a CEO, so this means she's antagonistic. <laughs> well, like, no, like, look at the page. Like, Normie, he's like, go limp. And he, like, uses the web to save Normie from getting crushed by a car. What were you thinking? You should, you could have snapped his neck. Okay, next time I'll leave him there. Speaking of the art real quick, I don't like it when Stateman, he does this a lot. Like, during action sequences, people already start bubbling tears in their eyes. That's, that's, a, that's a bit of like an anime-esque trope that I don't particularly care for, personally. Um... But then, if it, maybe maybe I can just kind of steal a turn here and let some go ahead. Ones. Yeah, because um, we're doing cause I'm not going to press, but like uh, Ock, Ock, okay. So Ock runs or is getting the jump on by uh, Spider-Man 2099, and he and he says, "Okay, I'm Spider-Man from the future, the year 2099. We've met, we've had an adventure. You you may have changed your costume, but I can tell from your you know your physicality." It's you, Parker? And so Dr. Octopus, you know, Master Scientist says, okay, he knows. And, you know, Master Scientist that he should be, he should take this opportunity to use whoever this character that he doesn't know is to, to further his goals. But no, he just, he's like, Brap! and just like hauls up and punches him. <laughs> and in front of every, and it's like, every time, here's the thing, I'm not going to be reading this book anymore if Spock keeps on writing these things where like the character acts ridiculous and and there's no consequence from it it's like all every issue is acting acting like nobody would in certain situations and like it's not coming upon because that should have miguel saying something's wrong with spider-man or at least asked about him i think asked him about a couple couple of times but like Mm -hmm. it it, it doesn't make sense for ock to do that like he 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 seriously thinks you know the reactive spider-man like he thinks that like killing tiberius stone is going to solve a damn thing it won't and it's just like I, that doesn't destroy the book for me or anything like that, but I, but I, I mean it. Like, I don't like the fact that like every time Ock does something, it, there's no consequences. That really bothers me. That's a major con I have. I, I agree. There, uh, it seems like it's too easy for his world, isn't it? But the thing about it, the, the thing is, is yeah. that like when people years from now talk about this run. You know, like, mm-hmm. in the, the, the run of Spider-Man, you know, like, anything could happen from now on. It could be like, oh, remember when, I don't know, J. Jonah Jameson was the mayor, or remember when Mary Jane did this or whatever. People are going to say, remember, remember when, when Mary Octopus Jane had a green phone? <laughs> <laughs> remember when Dr. Octopus was Spider-Man? Oh, yeah, nobody nobody guessed it, even though it was the most obvious thing ever. And that's a really annoying thing to have. It, that, that bothers me personally. That's, like, a really annoying thing to be in, like, the legacy of this character that, like, in this storyline, everyone has to be an idiot. And I'm not saying, like, you know, they should know it's Dr. Octopus, but at least make that a thing if he's acting so obviously weird. And, they just, and each and every single time they don't. I don't know, I don't know how entertaining of a, a book would – I guess a, a writer could make it that around his supporting cast, he acts more Peter Parker-ish instead of the condescending jerk that he is now. Well, he hasn't really been hanging out with his supporting cast. Why? Yeah, I mean, well, Mary Jane should obviously see this. Uh, we've yep, we've so had that. We've had this argument before. I've defended the Mary Jane thing, and I've gotten in trouble for it. 
Well, we're even to the point where, you know, other heroes kind of notice, well, Spidey's changed, exactly. you know, Spidey's a dick now, and I was struck in the face this week when I read uh, Superior Team-Up number four, I think, and there was a line where he made a, he made a quip at a villain, and he thought to himself, ooh, better watch that quipping, you're sounding more like Parker. Don't you want to sound like Parker? Yes. What sense does that make? Yeah. Is it the premise of Dr. Octopus as Spider-Man to fool people and while also furthering his own goals? So if he's just – if he's being himself, that should logically, from the premise of the, of the comic book, have people, you know, get closer to him and figure out what's going on. And that's just not happening. And I don't count the Carly Cooper thing because that's contrived in and of itself. There was an issue of um, – it was back when it was Avenging Spider-Man and not Superior Team-Up Season 1 where um, – I think, like, Wolverine or someone, he's like, okay, something's up, get a telepath on this guy, and Auk had to talk his way out of it, because they were going to read his mind right then and there. Yeah, and then right. for some reason, uh, I think the writers thought that, okay, we've put the telepath thing to rest. Wait, no, you haven't. <laughs> you, you've dodged one. Do you know how many there are in the freaking Marvel Universe? Right. Right. All right. Uh, pros. Kevin's ha- uh, hit up a couple other pros. Gang, go ahead. As, as douchey as Doc is, I love. Me- I'm loving Miguel. You know, and yeah. and I'm, I'm not. I'm not a large reader of Spider-Man 2099, but at least we have a character we can kind of you know follow. He and he he, he thinks he has thoughts as 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 you know uh, un unimaginative as that might be. Like he thinks to himself, well, this guy's cl- like Tiberius Stone is clearly a, a D a D bag. So like maybe if I just let him die. Even though I'll fade out of existence, maybe that's better for you know the future. That's that's an interesting character, piece of character development. I I did like the the continuity porn of we've had an adventure. Yeah, because that's something that people say out loud. <laughs> I, <laughs> that's true, but but as a reader, I'm like, you know what? I read that Peter David uh, graphic novel that Rick Leonardi did Hell, back in the yeah. '90s. Yeah, I mean, I. I, I and what else? Any other well, important, but like I mean, that's something that they would bring up. Like you know, I, we we do know each other, so that that, that was nice. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to echo, up, but it's it's true that he wouldn't have said we had an adventure. Like it, it's yeah, almost like saying we were in a comic book together, bro. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's not it's not conversational speak. I, I, it, I it's like one step away from saying we've had a team up. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna when they I'll go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, Josh. I'm going to echo Chris's pro, uh, Chris's pro that. Uh, Auk is, like, finally experiencing some of that Parker juggling that um, Peter had to do, where he has to make a choice about where to be, and uh, he's finding it hard to multitask. So I I did like that, especially, as Chris put it, in the face of all this, I took down the Kingpin. It was easy. Why didn't you take down the Kingpin? Because it was easy. The, uh, does anybody care about Grady's scraps and the time door? I don't even know where to go to that exact moment in time. Uh, it's funny that you mentioned that because someone posted on CBR, like, how did he know to go to that exact moment to take a picture? Oh, okay. And Dan Slott actually replied, oh, they're going to be repeating that quote all over the internet, even on Crawl Space. Prophecy oh, fulfilled. That? Why can't you just tell us? <laughs> yeah, did he not, did he do, he made fun instead of answering the question? Right. It, the answer was basically it's a comic book. But, like, uh-huh. I, I didn't think about that until I read it on CBR. I was like, you know what? That, that's a good point. He was darn lucky to I go mean, to if, he, if, if, if Stone is, like, you know, slimy enough to be under suspicion, then there are going to be more than one moment where Scraps could probably, like, you know, spy into him. But, like, this is the first time we see him go back in time and he gets goes straight to this scene at that exact moment, at that exact time, in that exact position to see everything. Oh, it's calm. Let's just roll with it, guys. Derp, derp, derp. 
I think That's- it's yeah, this whole uh, thing we've got going on at the end is kind of an interesting um, guest appearance for the Uncanny X-Men's new mutant gold balls. <laughs> <laughs> they have a cream for that, by the way. Uh, <laughs> it like on Peter getting fired from Horizon. I didn't read it as he was getting fired. I read it as maybe you I, shouldn't come back. Um, I read it as don't come back here, and then a few pages later he says, "Great, I lost my job." Yeah, I know. Yeah, he was he was fired. Right? Yeah, when your when your boss says don't come back here, you, you can't really work there anymore if you can't come back there. Let's put the lawyer present. <laughs> Do a work from home program, Peter. Like you, you missed the rest of the scene because they cut it off. Um, that that bothers me because I've actually liked her Horizon Labs as a status quo because it, it is, you know, try aside something different and it's not Peter selling pictures at the Daily Bugle and it's supporting cast members who aren't, you know, the Lee Ditko gang that Peter is still hanging out with, you know, 50 years later. Some Johnny is like dressed like Will Smith circa 1990. I like Sajani in this issue. Like, like trying to like stop everyone and like, I'll be like a ghost. You mean like I am right now? <laughs> and that Sajani was one of my few pros for this issue. Any other final thoughts on this issue? We've only got one this month. The, it's running behind. You said it's been, uh, it's been over a month. It was oh, supposed yeah. to come out this week, according to Comics List, but then Comicsology said next week. But, I mean, Christos Gage is uh, co-writing some issues coming up, so I'm sure we'll probably have a month where there are three to make up for it since he's been working ahead. Oh, right. 